Welcome back to season two of the Run Culture Podcast. My name is Dane Verway. I'm an experienced running physiotherapist, coach, and marathoner. This season will involve open discussions with my running colleagues about the key principles behind injury-free running and optimal performance. It'll be backed by personal experience, science, and history. I can only hope some of these chats inspire curiosity and expand or confirm perspectives and beliefs amongst the running community. Anyway, I hope you enjoy the episode. Today on episode two of the podcast, I chat to all-round good bloke, Brent Layla. Brent is an established physio, an athlete I coach, a 109 half marathoner, 230 marathoner, and has endured chronic Achilles battles for much of his career. Today, we talk through the difficulties all runners go through when they are reasoning their way through training and injury management decisions. This discussion flows really nicely from episode one, where I chatted with Caden Shield, on the idea of complex systems. So if you haven't listened to that already, go back and have a listen. Today, Brent and I discussed the idea of pattern recognition and how the quest to find an accurate pattern is often more complicated than a lot of us initially suspect or are aware of. So when I talk about pattern recognition, that's the idea that when you're trying to work out why you're running poorly or why you're running well, a lot of us jump to a single reason, but maybe it's a bit more complicated than that. And there's four or five factors um, that have helped you get into that position over time. It's hard to know whether our bias is um, leading us to that reasoning process. So we need to be really aware of our biases It's hard to know whether our limited knowledge base or our restricted knowledge base because of our experience in the sport or the people we hang around is framing our ideas and the way we think about running too. So that's what we talk about today. Me and Brent uh, chat about the idea of finding an accurate pattern and, and reasoning process is quite hard and a bit more complicated than a lot of us think. Anyway, without further ado, I'll let the chat run now and I hope you enjoy it. Any feedback, I'd love to hear from you. I hope you found episode one useful. I hope you find this one just as useful. I'll be recording and publishing these episodes every two weeks on a Monday roughly. Um, And the whole idea is to create runners with better running IQ that are more likely to make better running decisions and more independent running decisions and feel a bit more in control of their bodies. And I think these concepts are very important concepts to talk about initially so that we are more equipped to find accurate answers. All right, enjoy. brief interlude from the show guys before I get back to it if you have any running injuries or running questions training indecisions and you want to book an online or in-person physiotherapy appointment with myself Dane Verway go to www.runculture.org while there you can also find a link to my online strength and conditioning community where you'll join an exclusive members only Facebook group and gain access to over 220 minute running specific mobility pilates or strengthening routines Anyway, enough from me. Let's get back to the show. All right, welcome back to another episode of the Run Culture Podcast. This is episode two of season two. And today I'm delighted to be chatting to Brent Layla. Uh, Welcome to the show, Brent. Hi, Dane. Thanks for having me on. Nah, absolutely wrapped to have you on um, as a fellow physio and uh, we've been working together um, as coach and athlete for, um, yeah, a couple of years now. 
Mm. <laughs> it's uh yeah good to uh, to catalog some of our chats and thoughts and uh see if we can com- compile it into a nice theme for the listeners to learn something from for next time as well yeah exactly um do you mind filling in listeners a little bit about um your journey uh with um your achilles and uh your running over the last uh couple of years yeah sure um well, I guess the highlight in terms of the last couple of years is that you you and I worked towards running Melbourne Marathon as my, my first marathon in 2019. And that was after probably a few years of, of on and off um, Achilles tendon issues and, and and struggles. So we got, we got it right really well for the marathon and then um, have had a rough couple of years after it actually. So it's made us really think about our, our approach with training and um, you know, what biases might, might you or I be jumping to and, and learning about how to maybe understand our own thought processes and, um, yeah, think about getting, getting my, my running and training back on track a bit more as well. Yeah, it's been um, like re- really tricky, um, especially in the last year or so with your Achilles because it just, um, it's been up and down and, and hasn't, hasn't played ball at, at times. Um, and, uh, the the title of this podcast and and what I wanted wanted to focus on was um, kind of an like a a, a mishmash of um, recognizing patterns and how do we recognize whether something's working or not uh, in our training and then also just awareness of of knowledge and awareness of what you don't know and what you do know um, and whether you where you've got some some biases towards certain uh, views. Uh, so, um, yeah, I guess like in, in, if we like were to reflect about say even your your Achilles and and the journey that we've both, um, I don't want to make it like um, yeah like just share what you want to share. But um, in terms of uh, what do you reckon like some of your biases are in terms of your Achilles, um, and then also, uh, like, what have some? Do you, can you, if you like um, have a quick think, like, what are some patterns that you've felt that we've discovered, or or haven't, or or, or just like um, that we're still sort of trying to work out? Yeah. Well, first, the easy emotional thought to jump to is to say, well, we trained really well for twelve months, and then I did the marathon, and then since then I've been, you know dealing with injury. So it's easy to just blame the marathon as causing all the problems. But if we really unpack it a bit more, you then look at things like, well, the nine months leading up to the marathon, um, I was really consistent with doing strength training in the gym. And however, since 2019, we've been in and out of lockdowns where I haven't been able to go to the, to the gym where I've got a membership. So that's a, an interesting factor. The other one would be that my daughter Imogen was born last year. And so that throws in a whole new of, of life stress, massively interrupted sleep, different schedules, training at different times of the day. So yeah, it goes from thinking, oh, the marathon caused it to actually there's now about 10 variables that could have easily linked into it being different afterwards. So you can jump to a conclusion or you can unpack it a bit more and realize, wow, there's a, a lot more to it than we first thought. That ties in so nicely with my last chat with Caden Shields, how we talked about the idea that, you know, there's so many uh, influences on how we adapt to training, um, whether it's positively or negatively, um, on our bodies, um, you know, at any one moment. And, uh, yeah, you know, like when you talk about, you know, being a father now um, and um, the, the huge changes in lifestyle that that brings, um, uh, and then COVID and the stresses that brings uh, and the inability to get to the gym and all those changes. Uh, yeah, it's still been super frustrating as well. <laughs> like, um, like um, uh, but yeah, how do we know? Like, um, and I think as physios, this is something that, I mean, this is one of the reasons why I do my job. I just love the cr- clinical reasoning process. Um, and like the, mm. the whole idea of like trying to problem solve and, and trying to work out why. And, and, you know, a lot of time you just feel like you, you just don't know. Um, but like sometimes you actually feel like you're getting a step closer and you start to see these patterns. How do we know 
or what, what's your process as a physio, um, Brent, um, in the clinic when you're trying to work out patterns and you're trying to clinically reason your way through certain problems with patients? Uh, like what, what's some, some things that runners could take, take, um, take home and, and sort of like really use um, with their own running? Yeah, great question. Um, I think to come back firstly to one of the things that I'm aware that I can have as a bias or something that I can sort of default to would be with my Achilles is waking up every morning and going, right, how is it going to feel? And almost building up in my head of, oh, is it going to be sore? And how many, how many steps is it going to hurt for? And how long is it going to take to warm up? Which in some cases is really useful for someone to decide what their training was like yesterday and are they overreaching or they're doing a good amount. But when I've had pain for multiple months, it's probably a less reliable thing to look at and focus on as well. So it's me understanding and that thought process when I wake up and sometimes going, actually, how about I think about it after half an hour, then if it's still sore, I'm not placing all this emphasis on my first steps so that that doesn't then hardwire me to think and go looking for it all day. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, that's and good. it's hard to sometimes self-reflect and, and go, hey, my thought process isn't perfect and that's okay. I'm, if I want to improve and get better and give you helpful feedback as a coach, I probably need to understand my own thinking a bit more too. Yep. Yeah, and I think um, what we said like off-air as well, like where um, like with um, uh, like when you're trying to find like relationships on whether um your training's working or your your rehab's working um with your running or your injury um like i I think that idea of um trying to control your variables as much as you can as well and um try to um change one thing at a time um and uh then you feel like you've got some sense of control in that like you know did that work over um time like uh like you know in a week or two weeks three weeks um in a logical amount of time did that actually change the symptoms or didn't it um and that that sort of scientific approach um and sometimes it's very easy to um get like emotionally sort of um involved in 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 the um the progress of your injury and, and, and you get down and, and out and, and want to test it every day um, and then throw like a hundred things at it um, all at once. And then uh, sometimes it's hard to know whether things are working and then it's, it's easy to get um, despondent. Uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know. What, what, what are your thoughts um, in, in respect to sort of trying to be a bit scientific about it? Um, and that, that's not, that doesn't simplify. It's a hard process, but... Uh, and you sometimes need a complex understanding of all those different factors to actually make it simple for our, our patients as well. Because if some, say we're working with somebody who had newly developed Achilles pain, um, we'd probably want to look at what's their recent training been looking like um, but and are there trends, but also if they suddenly then got a new pair of shoes, they put a heel raise in, they started taking anti-inflammatories, um, they... Yes, yeah, started training less than they were recently because it was sore and then they were starting to do self-massage every night. If they then felt better or worse, whether it's the following day or the following week, how would you know which factors actually led to improvement or, or hasn't helped? So then, yeah, it's easy to get despondent and say it's not working or yes, it is, but then do you have to continue with every variable that you've changed? And so it might you might have to work out, right, does this person have a race in two weeks? And so maybe we just hedge our bets and throw everything at it and say, look, it's likely to all help. Or is it we've got lots of time for the, a race that's six months away and we want to actually prevent this from coming back. So we might only change one or two variables and then monitor something like that morning pain or only once a week you check in with them. Then you're likely to know, right, it actually isn't any better with this one variable I've changed. So next week we're going to change a different variable and then observe again. And that'll give us actually a better understanding of are we getting it right as well? Yeah, that's that's great. Um, you explained that really well. Um, yeah, I was just I just twigged in my um, head um, one common uh, uh, 
uh, thing that I see in runners is they often like look at myopically about their training over the last one or two weeks, three weeks, and and the big sessions they did. And then if they had a good performance, they attribute uh, the good performance almost like entirely to those one or two monster sessions that they did recently. Um, and there's definitely a bias towards that. Um, uh, and I feel like in the sense of pattern recognition um, and trying to attribute like, um, uh, like, like I feel like that's a false, false positive in a, in a sense more often than not because like, you know, there's so much that goes, goes into training, um, whether it's uh, psychologically on the day, um, whether it's just been a, a really good build for over the last 12 months and you've just sort of hit a purple patch, um, uh, um, whether, whether it's your lifestyle at that time and it's just really conducive to performance and your, your nutrition and your sleep is just, and your stress levels are just, um, in this really good spot. Like it, it's so much more complicated than that. And, and I think, um, being able to be aware of, of all, all those, um, factors um and also um uh acknowledge acknowledge that um yeah take it take a step back and and just um be be careful um with how you sort of attribute meaning to your, your training and your results um and and just be a little bit uh, like, i don't know i just i just feel like we have to be a little bit slower sometimes because I think in terms of long-term success and consistent success over time, if we're better at working out um, patterns and patterns change um, uh, like all the time, we're, we're more likely to um, get a really good handle of um, how we individually respond to certain certain types of stimulus. Um, yeah, I don't know. What, any any thoughts mm. on that? Yeah, it's almost like as humans we we want to have a, an answer for something and have a jump to conclusions too quickly. And like you said, someone might have a poor race and say, oh, it was that, that recent magical session that just gave me all these adaptions in one when they've forgotten that they've put in, been putting all the blocks in the wall for the last six months. And it's probably not just that session. Maybe that's where they expressed their fitness, but it probably didn't give them all the fitness that they actually have in the bank. Yeah. Um, just like if they have a poor session, People can then do the other thing, go the other way, and say, "Oh, I'm not fit at all. I need to train even more," and then lead down the wrong path as well. And can probably a big thing is even just understanding and knowing that we can jump to those conclusions to think about your own, your own biases and your own thought processes. And that's and some, for some people that's hard to to be vulnerable and own, and say, "I don't know everything, and I'm prone to these things." And actually, if I recognise that and either ask for help or take longer to get to an answer, but I'll get the right answer. That's going to be so much better for their outcome. Yeah. Oh, well said. Like, yeah, couldn't agree more. Um, yeah, I think, yeah, it's just, it makes you feel comfortable if you feel like you know the answer. Um, and, mm. and also in this day and age, we're all kind of in a rush of, for achieving what we want to achieve. And, and so like, if you just throw, you know, everything at the wall and, and, uh, you know, you're trying to get over your Achilles. You just want to get over it. Like, just throw everything at it. Um, and uh, yeah, whereas I think if you're a bit more um, just slower early, um, and you you find oh, it didn't work with that, but this worked, um, then you start. You're probably like it's probably going to pay pay off in the long run because um, you're you've actually learning. Um, you're you're a bit more um, you're going about it a bit more uh, scientifically. Um, and uh yeah at, at a slower pace initially but i think um more likely get an accurate sort of truthful relationship um and answer with the variables that you and the pattern that you're trying to understand um yeah what about mm -hmm. yeah what do you have anything else to say there well, i think it's a big part in why even though i would be really comfortable with if i was working with a patient managing those factors in them because i'm an external person um you know questioning their training history their footwear changes their all these other factors however i'm aware that the biases that i can throw into it so that's been a big part of why i benefit from having you as a coach and i'll often say to my patients if i'm explaining to, to them something that sounds simple enough 
often need that other perspective from someone that's not in your own head questioning your decision making and saying look i'm a physio but i actually need a coach and a physio to manage me and that doesn't mean that i'm a bad person or that i can't um can't improve but i'm going to get yet long better better results in the long term having you overseeing and and bouncing ideas back and forward from as well and that i can question you just like you can question me it's having that relationship where we're happy to yeah to not take it personally and i don't and whatever whatever thought i have it's not me i don't it's not my identity and i'm happy to to be questioned and change my opinion if you present me with facts that say actually here's how i look at it and this is backed up by clinical reasoning or study or something that's you know actually makes sense it's not an emotional decision yeah yeah that's yeah so well said like i think we can get just like so emotionally attached to um yeah like uh, s certain certain ideas and and then like that's kind of a dangerous um place because it means that we're often deciding um for the wrong reasons um uh when we're making a decision it's just to appease appease that that emotional um attachment uh like i was listening to a really good podcast uh yesterday um it's by sweat elite um matt fox interviewed galen rupp and galen was talking about his new coach mike smith and he was really complimentary and he said uh, like you know having a coach like as a as a runner is just you know so valuable because it like and he said it like it helps him see the trees from the forest and like i don't know that was like mm -hmm. a really cool quote that i felt like was so true because um it's so easy to just um you know as a lot of keen runners do like just get biased by the want to do more to to add and and um do bigger sessions and um just the the um the feelings that you get um from running um and, and and how that helps with stress relief like it's it's easy to fall into the trap and and uh to be to have your decisions ruled by your, your attachment to running as with your identity and um and uh rather than go oh you know maybe i'm i'm deciding to do this session because um yeah i just like i i just like i just want to do it rather than I should do it in terms of avoiding injury or improving over time. Uh, so yeah, it's, uh, like such a common one, like just having a mentor or a coach or an external other that is a bit more rational and logical about, um, a, about your training decisions so that you don't get sort of, um, stuck in the trap of blind, blindsiding yourself. Um, uh, yeah. Um, cause it, it's so easy to be blind. Like even this year, uh, with my own training, I'm self coaching myself and, um, enjoy the flexibility of, of, and the idea of experimenting with different training sessions when you coach yourself. But like, I, I reckon I've been burnt out and overtrained all year. Like I did Penrith marathon, um, and then, uh, emotionally was like, no, nah, I'm going to do gold coast eight weeks later as well. So. I decided not to have a four week break and just try to like have two sort of easier weeks and just build into Gold Coast. Um, and, and yeah, I just found that like I was doing all the usual training sessions that I usually do, but just not, not responding from them and, uh, uh, not, not getting better from them and, and just being really flat and tired all the, all the time. And it wasn't until I had like an enforced rest in quarantine just recently, and now I just feel so rejuvenated and, and got so much energy. Like I've lost some fitness, but I was, I now have learned that, geez, I was so blind. Like I was, I was, mm. I just needed a break. Like I had my four weeks that I needed back after Penrith now. And, um, yeah, it's, it's so easy to fall into those traps. And something that I'm trying to apply with some of our decision-making as well. And sometimes not even just running, it might be a parenting decision or um, yeah, something else with work is if I don't have someone to bounce an idea off, uh, I learned um, what, if you were thinking to yourself, right, if I was telling someone else how to, to do this, so if you were giving someone else advice where you remove your own emotional attachment to that decision, sometimes that can help too. So if someone came to you, Dane, and said, hey, I'm feeling, I wanna do this marathon four weeks after <laughs> my other marathon, whether you would tell them, is it a smart idea? 
as opposed to, yeah, that's a, a good way to think of it sometimes. Oh, 100%. That idea of like thinking third person about it and what you'd advise others, like, because there's no way that I'd say, um, tell people to do it. I just say, oh, you're laughing. Like, that's that's a shocking idea. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's interesting. Um, and I, I think it's um, really important to talk about because um, being aware of this and being aware that, you know, this is a common thing and, and um, being honest and and it's very easy to just like explain it away. Like I, I, I just explained it away. I was like, oh, I'm, I'll just build fitness on fitness and um, I'm all good. Like, look, I'm, you know, able to run still and I'm still running and, you know, maybe maybe it'll, I'll turn it around in a week. Um, and, and uh, you know, you know, running's tough at times. Like you, you just get tired. So, you know, um, but then like after three weeks of just being flat and just underperforming in training, like if I had a, a coach or an external other, they would have just said, this is ridiculous. You need to change something, you know, have a block of time where you just uh, like, you know, train a lot easier. Cause I was just saying, I, I was going, oh, I'm training easy. I'm training easy. I'll t it'll turn around. But when I reflect back on my easy weeks, they were still 120 Ks. They were still three sessions a week. Um, uh, and, and because I've trained a lot more than that, uh, in the past, I guess like it was easy in comparison to what I have done, but it was still hard and I needed easier than that. Um, and it's not until, uh, just recently that, um, I was forced to take some time off that, and now how good I feel, how different I feel, have I learned, have I learned that, um, yeah, geez, I was wrong. And that's a that's an awesome thing to learn and to say, hey, I was wrong, and now you'll be better off with that decision making in the future, rather than sometimes well educated people are really good at defending stupid opinions because they can cite evidence and cherry pick what they need just to to keep that answer the way they want it to be as well. Yeah, yeah, I think that's um, that's a re really good point. Like I think, uh, um, like yeah, you can just you can just like justify anything these days um, and. Uh, especially, you know, there's so much information out there online um, about everything and anything. And there's a, a study, um, not necessarily the best quality study, but a study that could like support anything out there. And uh, like you can, and, and I guess, I guess, um, yeah, if you really want to um, confirm your the way of thinking, you can find it. Um, and then I guess that's a dangerous place because that sort of, um, yeah, add strength because to your to the way that you're thinking, um, and uh, you know, if you had the right advice at that time, perhaps that's not the way that you should be should be thinking. Um, uh, so it, it probably just adds weight to that external other or coach or mentor or training group that you feel like um, uh, are really are, like they're a group that you can talk to that um, kind of like you just said before, Brent like are honest they're not going to take um anything personally um in that if you you can you can disagree with each other but still respect each other and then but like you have so much uh faith in each other that you trust each other and you know you you um you respect each other so much that you and and you find each other so credible that you will um, take take what they say on board um, and and then um, to try to to try to challenge um, to challenge where you the direction that you're going um, and and I but I, I think yeah I think uh, yeah it's also been aware of the group around you and, and whether um, you know you're just surrounding yourself with a group of people that are are completely like-minded and and maybe you need to be challenged um in that perspective like that that idea of thinking it's um yeah like it you yeah i i guess it's it's just um taking a step back and acknowledging that um i've just been happy to be wrong like like i like i like i've been a physio for a while now and i'm still making stupid running decisions um so it shows how hard it is um, but I think acknowledging that it's an important aspect and part of the journey, because I think a lot of us just think that we should need to be perfect and, and it should just go like 
beautifully like um, to your results and, and everything should, ju should just work out, but it's full of ups and downs and, and being good at reflecting and trying to identify patterns when things don't work out or even when things work out and working out why is a really important process and, and, it, and it requires um, being aware of um, your knowledge base and being aware of you know any unconscious biases that you might might you know have um yeah i don't know if you got anything to add there or yeah it's almost this cool process when you can realize and say hey I, i'm i don't own my decisions or my opinions and so you almost go out there and say hey i want to prove myself wrong and if i do that i'm learning more from it as well yeah and i i've probably i'm working with some physio students at the moment um and had a, had a conversation with a patient about pain and they were really worried that what they were doing was causing pain, which meant they thought they were damaging their new new knee replacement. Um, and the conversation with them, it tended to go really well, but actually at the end of it, I talked to the students and said, oh, I'm, a, I'm by no means an expert and you know, you've been a physio for longer than I have, Dane, but said to the students that that conversation went really well because I've probably had that conversation a hundred times and I've stuffed it up a lot of times. So I've also learned what not to say as much as what to say. And um, if you can look at mistakes as a learning opportunity, then you're more likely to reflect on why, what did you do? Why did you make that decision? And then actually in the future, make a better decision rather than blaming some other external factor so that you grow from mistakes. Yeah, 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 exactly. Like that growth growth mindset. Um, yeah, that, that, that's awesome. Like, like I reckon um, I was probably five or six years into my physio journey and like I just found that I was treating all my patients the same. Um, and I was just like, this is ridiculous. Like everyone comes in, they're an individual, they're different, but why am I just doing this same treatment modality? Um, and like, I might, I might've had like some obviously slight differences in treatment, but I don't know. I just, I just felt like my skill base, um, and my set of knowledge was, um, a bit restricted and, and I, and I didn't feel good about it. I felt, I felt like, a cop out like I felt like I was like what what's like I need to I need to do some more study and and so I I did do two years of um more more study and um and it really changed the way I, I thought about physio and it was like one of the best things that I have done really in my physio career um because um it did open my mind a fair bit um uh in certain areas of physio um and uh I think yeah I guess uh, being open, yeah, that, that same thing that we keep sort of saying, like being open to, to knowing that you might not know everything. Um, and, and then also um, being prepared to be wrong and being prepared to question what you do know. And, and uh, like, and if, if like, you know, um, you question it and it, and it does confirm that your belief was actually uh, probably accurate and, um, you, you've got a firm, firm grip of, of what's going on, then fantastic. But, you know, if you, if you have that mindset of like questioning your knowledge base, um, I think you're more likely to find that there'll be areas where you're like, oh, wow, this was a bit more complicated than I initially thought. And, uh, or you know, there's, there's a little bit more to it and then you'll understand some concepts, um, yeah, a little bit more thoroughly. And yeah, I think that can, I don't know. I, I think, I feel like obviously there's only a certain amount of time in the day. Everyone's got busy lives. Um, but for a lot of runners, like running's like such a big part of their, their life. And, uh, I think, um, yeah, just, um, yeah, there's de definitely like a, you know, several trip patients that I would treat a week where I'm like, oh, I just wish I could like get into their brain and just understand them better and, and work out why they were think like so, so heavily invested into this way of thinking, because I, I feel like if they could just, um, question that, that idea and, and, um, maybe dabble in this, this other aspect too, they, they might change their result, but yeah, it's, um, yeah, it's a tricky process. <laughs> Yeah, and it's also the more you learn that we don't have all of the answers and you, you seek learning, it's, it's, a, it's an enjoyable process too. Yeah. And um, I guess the other example we used 
was if you, as health professionals, whether you're a physio or a doctor or in whatever area that you worked in, and said, oh, that patient wasn't compliant, I told them to do this exercise and they just didn't do it, so they're a bad patient. It's flipping it on, on its head, like you said, learning about their thought process of, you know, what do they do for work? Or how many hours a day do they have for, for spare time? What do they actually know about their injury? What do they know about what I'm asking them to do and how, how it will work, what it should feel like, how long it should take to improve? So it's often flipping it on its head instead of saying, oh, I've got a non-compliant patient, as a, as a discussion point with other physios, I'll say, how do you know that you have, you know, had, that you're a good physio, that you've actually sought out all the possibilities to, to make it um, happen for them or to give them the knowledge so that they can implement it as well? Yeah, yeah. Like, um, I think, yeah, putting yourself in someone else's shoes, I think we can all do that um, a lot more. Um, I think sometimes we're very judgmental. Um, like not not everyone, but like I think um, we everyone can be here and there um, about like if you like so sometimes like just knowing that like and that's what's probably helped me as a physio in recent years is just knowing that so many of the people I I um, treat are so smart like they're very intelligent and 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 I'm like oh but why why are they thinking about it this way like why are they so hung up on on like um uh like why why do they have this firm belief that they're just not going to change and and even though like I've suggested I'll maybe change it they just don't want to like it's kind of like understanding why why they believe in that and and um accepting that um uh you know that there's definitely there would have been like you know some experience experiences in their life um or or things that have just make sense to um over time and and you know maybe they've had like significant others uh, recommend that that um, process of, of thinking and it's just um, so so hardwired and, and set um, and and behavior change is is difficult um, but yeah understanding that like yes like people are like intelligent and and then like trying to like not just say oh they you know um, they think this way but and just um, and kind of, uh, I don't know, like just sort of go, oh, because they're, because, um, you know, that they're, they're dumb. <laughs> like, I, I think like acknowledging that their perspective is, um, because of their life experiences. Like I, I wanted to talk about, um, this really good analogy that I only learned about a month ago, but it was about these six blind men and an elephant and they all touched a different aspect of the elephant. So, you know, one blind man touched the trunk and another one touched the, the side of the elephant, another one touched the tusk, another one touched the tail. And they they all had a different perspective of what was in front of them and they all had a disagreement. Um, so one, the, the blind man who touched the trunk was like, oh, I'm holding a tree. The blind man who touched the side of the elephant said, oh, I'm touching a wall. The blind man who was holding the tail was like, oh, I'm holding a spear. Um, and they all just couldn't agree. Like oh, their, their, their perspective of the reality in front of them was so different. Um, and it was because of like their vantage point and what they experienced. And I don't know, that, that analogy just makes me sort of understand why there's so many mixed beliefs and uh, perspectives in the running world, but just in life in general. And, um, I guess it's, uh, if we can be more open, um, uh, to listen to everyone and, uh, understand that, you know, maybe we, we don't like, maybe like we can be open to like learning more and, and extending our perspective and our knowledge base, um, so that we, we can get closer to our like, um, ability to sort of find an accurate answer and, a, and, um, understand, understand things better. I think that's, um, a really, really awesome analogy. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. It hit home for me. Definitely. And it comes back to what we were saying before. If, if each of those, um, people in contact with the elephant rather than saying, oh, I'm a hundred percent correct. Cause this is exactly what my experience is. If they thought, Hey, that's what I think, but 
I could be wrong or what, what's everyone else's perspective that might help me to build a bigger picture. Um, and if, yeah, if they took everyone else's input as well, they might come to a, a more well-rounded overall answer that, hey, this is an elephant compared to it's a wall or a, or a pole or something that's much more um, condensed. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, like I think, I guess the idea of this podcast was um, to the quest to find um, an accurate pattern, um, yeah, is, is uh, quite quite complicated but it involves um an ability to be quite self-aware um of what we know and what we don't know um and then to also have accurate sounding boards around you so that you can um uh help 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 that helps you sort of on your quest to sort of find uh uh yeah accurate patterns and um uh, and reasons why, you know, things aren't working or, or, or why things, um, are working, um, and avoid sort of false positives and false negatives. Um, and to also like, just sort of, uh, alert you to, if you're succumbing to some bias and, and to be just open to their advice and open, open, um, to, okay. Yeah. Um, it's okay to, to be wrong. And it's, um, and, and maybe I, you know, maybe how I think about this isn't right. And I'm not saying that I know all the right answers, um, cause I don't, um, uh, but I think this, this type of, um, thinking is that really good clinical reasoning process. And, and if you, if you get more sound with that kind of, uh, way of thought, then you're more likely to, um, uh, effectively work your way through running injuries and, and, and find out what training, um, seems to work for you. Um, yeah, I don't know, like, would that be a good summary, Brent? And, and what, what's your, how would you better summarize it? Yeah, well summarized. Yeah. It's, um, it's sort of being comfortable to say, Hey, I may not have the answer and that's for some people might be hard, but to realize that if I then learn from about my thought processes, um, I might be more likely to get the correct answer or have a better answer in the future. Yep. Especially this day and age with social media, with somewhere like Twitter, where people have to put out oversimplified, you know, 140 character answers. If you're talking with someone and they say they've got it all worked out, that it's black and white, that there's a simple thing that's perfect and everything else is bad, you know, having some skepticism on, or oh, is that correct? Are they overconfident? You know, asking them some questions to work out how did they get to that answer? What have they ruled out? Um, and what sort of approach has got them to there? Because a lot of the time, if I've heard interviews with, you know, world leading experts on, you know, about my re researching into my Achilles, like Seth O'Neill, who's a um, an Achilles researcher, or Tom Goom, who's a running physio, I'm fascinated to hear them often say, oh, I actually don't have a perfect answer. It depends. The world is gray. It's not black and white. But this is what I would do. This is what I would assess. And that would then give me a second or a third decision process so that eventually this person will address the issue. So it's not a magic fix, but we will get them there. And, and they're comfortable with being saying, um, they're comfortable that they don't have the answer. And it's, that's a big thing too, is saying, Hey, I don't know, but this is what we're going to do about it. It's completely different to saying, I'm not sure, but I'm, I don't know how to help you or that, Hey, I'm going to fix you. And when it doesn't work, then you're stuck. Yep. Yeah, that's so, yeah, really well said, like, because there's so many um, hacks um, online to um, get better fast, uh, and it's really appealing to, you know, you know, like, that sounds too good to be true, doesn't it, um, a lot of the time, um, but... That magic, that magic injection sells, sells clicks much more than it would be to say, hey, you know what, if you, if you don't miss... If you train six days a week for six months, you do strength training, you sleep out eight hours a day, that doesn't usually sell things, but that's maybe what might be more likely for a lot of people than that magic hack that sounds great. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like the stuff that I was talking with Caden um, on episode one about the big rocks and um, yeah, exactly about energy availability, um, training structure, recovery, um, and yeah, mental stress. Like um, they're just such big pillars and they, they, um, seem to, um, like in terms of like a sport where there's so much load and, uh, 
and your ability to sort of modulate that stress and then um, recover from it is such a key part. Um, yeah, just uh, anything that can, um, yeah, sort of um, maximize your um, state of adaptation is so so important. But I, like, I, it's it, it's it's tricky. I think in terms of like, and and I, I agree with that. When whenever like a lot of the people that I seem to follow these days, like. They always use the word, it depends, um, and they really um, want to hear the context um, um, around um, certain pathologies or injuries or, or um, the clinical scenario or the, you know, the situation that the runner is in. And they want to just hear all the factors and, and, um, and they, they, they want to know, like they, they want to know the specific um, uh, yeah, scenario in, in, in greater detail so that that because they understand that um, it's not one size fits all. Um, everyone's a little bit different. What works for one person doesn't necessarily work for the other person. Um, uh, mm. I, yeah, and I don't I don't want to um, make runners um, uh, feel disillusioned in that. Like they're like, oh, you know, I don't want to overcomplicate it, but I, I feel like it's it's simplifying it, um, to be honest, because, um, yeah, I, I, I reckon it's more a reflective process. It's your own journey, and and you're allowed to make mistakes, and you're supposed to make mistakes, and you're supposed to get a little bit injured. You're supposed to underperform, but you're also supposed to be open to learning and um, and questioning uh, why things aren't working, and and be like just a just just be curious um seek accurate answers and um uh don't 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 stop learning and and i think uh yeah if you if you take that mindset um that kind of growth mindset like i, I reckon that that's um where i've seen um runners really develop great intelligence um and really smart training um principles that are really specific to themselves yeah, absolutely. And uh, with that process, to sort of summarise too, I think decisions I'm making as I'm learning how to be a parent, making mistakes as well, learning from them, then has positively influenced decisions I make as a physio or um, in my other work or other decisions in life too. So it can benefit multiple areas having that approach as well. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Like I, I think it was, it was that easy, like if it was just a one-size-fits-all, like it was just recipe-based, um, uh, then you know avoiding running injuries would be easy and and performing a hundred percent of the time would be easy um, so yeah I think I think uh, yeah like I I think understanding understanding that um, and that process of learning um, so important yeah definitely like if you look at like there's just one thing I just want to um, chuck this in here um, and it's like this thought that so Jess Jess's nonna makes the best um, spaghetti bolognese and lasagna that um, I, I believe, um, <laughs> and I think yeah. everyone would have someone like that in their family. So um, it's all about perspective. But um, she's she's honed her craft over 50, 60 years, and one day, like two years ago, um, she told Jess um and myself the the way that she goes about it and the recipe and we looked at the recipe and we're like what the hell that's exactly what we do and um and i and i think like when you look at someone that really knows their craft and really has learned how to they're an expert in what they do and they've really sort of worked it out um like they know like if you watch her in the kitchen like she knows when when to turn the heat down like she she knows how long um to simmer the the sauce and marinate the sauce for she knows when to like put some salt and pepper in she knows like she just knows like the the little tweaks and the changes um and and she she would have been just like me and jess at making like hopeless at making spaghetti and lasagna like um well jess is getting better but um it's it's just been a process of um, yeah trial and error and and I know that's not um, 
sexy or appealing, but and and everyone's after this quick magical, um, you know, magical um, way to do things. But like, I think that's just that that um, idea, that analogy as well. Like Nonna's, um, uh, yeah, spaghetti bolognese, and how 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 good she is at at, at making it, and how consistently like the product that she produces is just so so delicious. Um, uh, like I, like I, I think that just speaks volumes in terms of the process um, that's required for pattern recognition um, and accurate pattern recognition and avoiding sort of um, uh, yeah like, like just being like more self-aware and and uh, like yeah honing your craft over time. And I think you're you're tasting the end result, which is an amazing bowl of non pasta. And you probably haven't had those mistake batches that she learned from, and which is what got her to where she is now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so and and that's what a lot of people see. You know, on Strava, they see um, people that have run for twenty years, and 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 they're like, how did, how does that person you know run that fast? And and they they're, they're not looking at at you know when they when they were in your shoes or in 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 uh, where where you feel like you are, and you're like. Um, yeah, like just struggling um, and, and trying to work it out and just scratching your head. It's like, uh, yeah, seeing that end result, you're not seeing all the hard work that they've put in leading into it. Um, we've watched the Olympic 10K final when Mo Farah won in 2012 and we realised, oh, we can make, that's simple to win Olympic gold medal. All you have to do is run, you know, 9.6 Ks in uh, 60 second laps and then drop a 52, simple. <laughs> actually not simple to get there yes <laughs> Forget yeah. all the training and 20 years it took to get him to that point yep yeah and no. not many people could do that training to get to that point to make it simple yeah no exactly um that's awesome mate um I, like i've i've um taken up enough of your sunday um your precious family time so thanks so much um brent um for joining me on the show and Looking forward to like doing a few more episodes with you like down the track if you're keen. Um, um, talking about a few other um, uh, ideas that I feel like uh, like I really want to get out there and get runners more aware of. So um, yeah, if you're keen, um, that'd be great. Thanks, mate. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. Happy to do a few more, and uh, yeah, I'm sure your uh, perspective will change in the next few months as you lead into the fatherhood as well. Yeah, <laughs> I'm in for a rude shock. <laughs> Well, it's like when you do a marathon, you know, it might be the hardest race you've ever done, but that doesn't mean you know what it actually feels like till you do it, but still awesome and worth it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Thanks, mate. Thank you.